This is the Grind, Sell, and Elevate podcast by Tizer Evans, where we do a deep dive on how to stay driven, how to be a top-tier salesperson, and how to elevate the quality of your life. Everybody, this is Ty on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. This week, I sat down and talked to Jerry Ibiadog, who is the co-founder and CMO of Standard Insights, which is an AI sales company, mostly specializing how to get reoccurring sales using AI from already existing customers. So fascinating technology. Jerry Much is a forward thinker. So I hope that you enjoy this episode with Jerry Ibiadog. Also, if you guys, if you haven't, please subscribe to the podcast. I really encourage you to do so. If you could, leave me a review you. I would really appreciate any comments, feedback, things you like, any guests you would like to see on. Your subscription would mean the world to me. And if you could share with four or five friends, that's the way the podcast grows best organically. It's just by sharing the love. So I really appreciate that. Uh, Thanks so much. And without further ado, my conversation with Jerry. Jerry Abiog, thanks for joining me on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. I'm excited to talk to you today. How are you? Hey, Tizer. Thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. Good. So you are the uh, co-founder and CMO of Standard Insight, which is a sales AI company. Uh, really interesting. Um, you know, I love integrating you know, technology into sales sequencing, um, you know, automatic call dialers. I'm always looking at ways to become more efficient for me, myself and my team. So I'm excited to learn a bit more about what you guys specialize in there. So love to hear, you know, how'd you get into AI? Kind of what's your background in sales and uh, where are you at now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, f- uh, first off, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, a bit about my background. I'm an old guy. I've been in, uh, in sales 49 years old. Uh, 25 plus years. So ever since I graduated college in the mid nineties. And um, so 25 years of sales and marketing experience, all forms and facets. So roughly 10 years ago, I left the corporate world. And when I did that at a time, I started my own company, uh, helping software companies with sales and marketing initiatives. And along the way, I've had some great clients that have had successful exits and also along the way, I've had some not so great clients that were utter failures. And as they say in life, you learn from your failures and not your successes. So roughly four or five years ago, I was working with a client. It was my first go around with a AI and machine learning startup. That uh, company failed, fell flat on its face, even though we had... Um, a decent amount of funding. And it failed not because of it was a bad idea, but the processes, procedures, and leadership uh, in place um, just wasn't just wasn't good, uh, wasn't conducive to, to succeeding and thriving. But what I learned during this failure as this client was imploding and I was on my way out was uh, two things. Regardless of what platform or software you're selling, number one, it has to be easy to use that can solve your potential clients or clients business problems. That's number one. And number two, there was something bubbling beneath the surface with AI driven uh, technologies. So this was four or five years ago. There was a study put out last December by Statista that AI in five years could be, it'll be right under a $500 billion industry in five short years. Wow. Yeah. So 
not surprising with the way things are accelerating. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, you know, because I think that, the, like you said, the failures are probably are, are definitely our, our biggest ways to learn and how do we grow and, and look at different types of opportunities in the in the future. Was there anything that you noticed particularly about the leadership or the environment that caused that company to fail? Because it sounds like you had a, a sound product, but sometimes that's not enough, right? Yeah. So it was all about me, me, me. Uh, we went to the market pounding our chest and not really um, going to market with an eye towards solving the customer's problem sure. or pain point. So as this was imploding uh, through serendipitous events, if you will, through some mutual friends, I met one of my future co-founders who was visiting from Chennai, India. He used to live here in Atlanta and he used to work for a General Electric as a technolo technological architect. So real smart, sharp guy. We were meeting over a few drinks and he mentioned to me this prototype of an AI driven platform that he had that could help uh, companies drive repeat buyers. So learning what I learned from the last company I just had left, I thought his idea had enough legs to it to warrant a second look. So I took that idea, this was two and a half years ago, I flew from Atlanta to Denver to the outdoor retail show. And then when I returned to Atlanta a week later, I had secured two uh, beta clients. And that's how everything started. So as you had mentioned, learning from your mistakes, and not only that, but you know, learning, but always keeping an eye out for you know, possibilities. And it so happened right. that I, I met this guy through mutual friends that used to live here visiting from India and poof, that's where it all started. Yeah, I think that's an important lesson too that uh, there's always opportunities. You know, there's lots of doors that are open. It just most people aren't observant or too scared to walk into the door and opportunity. And, you know, obviously you did that. So you are here now. So Standard Insight, you know, I, I read a little bit on it and, you know, it's helping companies improve sales. I have a uh, five to 20% increasing average order of 10 to 25% and also helping with attrition, you know, like keeping more clients on, right. That you typically have to go out and remarket and spend money uh, yeah. anywhere from 10 to 15%. So specifically looking at the sales. So what exactly is the platform doing to help to increase sales? So in a nutshell, it's an AI as a service growth marketing platform. And to boil it down in a few simple sentences, it recognizes your customers' patterns, buying patterns, behavior patterns. And when you know that, and when you know what they're likely to do, uh, you can target them with the right product or service at the right time to drive growth. And um, why is this important? Well, we're living in an increasingly data-driven world and we're using, we're helping companies, uh, you know, marketing become more become precise using artificial intelligence so right. we're in the um again recognizing patterns and what someone's going to do it's like in, in football we're in the midst of football season right now and it's recognizing what the other team's going to do and acting on it so if a team uh they're just based on past patterns you're thinking hey they're going to throw a pass play why are you going to set up a run defense it's basically what that, uh, you know, what our platform boils down to. So again, targeting the right person with the right product or service at the right time to drive additional growth, long-term growth. Got it. No. And now I, I guess to have a clarification. Now, is this when you go out and you see like, uh, like this is one of my favorite brands, right? Lion's not yeah. sheep. 
I was looking at Drudge Report this morning, reading the news before we jumped on, and I saw two targeted ads on Judge Report for specifically lines not cheap. So is that what you mean? Like the you will go and find the consumer on different platforms, either social media or websites. Is that what kind of what you're doing? So the same same uh, philosophy and uh, same mode of thinking, but with lines not cheap, that's bringing in new customers. So what our platform does, it doesn't bring in new customers per se, but it retargets your existing customers to drive growth. So they don't go to your uh, to your competition. Got it. Okay. That, that makes sense. Um, now, I don't know much about this platform. Is this a highly competitive field right now as far as your company entering? How do you, you said you see the growth really expanding into a $500 billion market? Yeah. So uh, AI, whether it's here for expanding sales or self-driving cars or IT security, I mean, there's an endless amount, infinite amount of things that you could use AI for to help uh, one's business, especially with the amount of data that uh, we have nowadays. Right. And I know you, you mentioned uh, offline that you had just secured a new deal that was exciting for you guys. Um, are you targeting, you can talk specifically about that one, but when you're going out into the marketplace and you know showing the product to different companies, are you targeting specific companies or is it this can really work for everybody or anybody? It can work for anybody and any, everybody uh, provided that they have sufficient enough data. So to your point, so we, yes, our, our company just inked a, a major deal. So when Standard Insights first started a few years back, we, we started in the e-commerce vertical. That was the easiest place to uh, get our feet warm and dip our toes in, in the shallow end, just because e-commerce, they're early adopters of using artificial intelligence, as we've seen in Amazon. So along the way, we've expanded to other other verticals. And one of those verticals we expanded into last year was restaurants, where AI-driven menu recommendations for either uh, Tizer or Jerry. But uh, last year, it just kind of fell flat. Again, we had a mini failure. Just restaurants weren't ready to order from their phone. We, we kind of failed when we did a handful of presentations to restaurants. So we shelved it put it back in the garage. Then uh, the pandemic hit back February and March of this year. And we saw the uh, all the news that, hey, CDC is recommending digital menus. And we pulled out of the garage, retweaked it, gave it its own uh, names, iOrder.menu. And now we have AI-driven digital menus. But to your point, digital menus, it's a highly, highly competitive environment since last March. Everyone and their brother is you know, getting into it. So we're doing a few things different. We're, we're using artificial intelligence. We're going beyond just slapping on a payment gateway and uploading your, your uh, a restaurant's menu into, into our platform. Now we're providing uh, intelligence behind it, such as personalized recommendations, data-driven marketing outreach, and predictive and prescriptive analytics. So yeah, it's a highly competitive uh, market, but then you know, you're always looking for opportunities, as you had mentioned. Mm -hmm. So uh, two months ago, we got connected with uh, one of the largest uh, digital menu companies in Latin America. Um, QRmenu.cl is their website. And the, uh, the president's name is Jose. He asked that I give a shout out when I told him I was going to be on your podcast. But so they have a digital menu in Latin America. And their clients are 
the mainstream franchises that we know here in, in the states: Subway, Starbucks, you know, Wendy's, Johnny Rockets. Mm-hmm. So we we had this discussion starting a, a month and a half, two months ago. Um, they were doing digital menus down there, but they wanted a way to separate themselves from the competition in the highly competitive market. Whether it's here in North America or South America or business in general, it's going to be competitive. They wanted to right. take their platform from a A minus to an A plus. And, you know, how's that? done or it's using artificial intelligence so we just um you know ink to deal with them and uh we're looking to expand our our products and services in south america you know latin america you know so yeah business regardless of what you do i believe i think from your linkedin profile your insurance Mm -hmm. it's going to be competitive but you're always looking for you know opportunities you know, out there. I mean, there are, are opportunities to be had. Uh, and even today, right, we, we're living in an, no point in hiding it in, an, in a highly negative environment. Sure. Right. Yeah. Head in sand. We have COVID. I don't have to say, talk about the, the elections. <laughs> it right. is what it is. But yep. in, instead of fighting on Facebook with people that you, you don't know, and work on improving yourself. And if you work on improving yourself, you've got you know, clearer mindset, and maybe that that'll transfer into your uh, into your work life, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think there's a lot to be said about that. Um, you're focusing with positive intention and having a, a clear purpose for what you're supposed to be doing every day, and be focused on your own uh, your own goals and targets. Uh, a lot of people aren't doing that; they're getting uh, completely distracted by the media yeah. and the negativity and getting caught up in it. I mean, we're all dealing with COVID, right? Here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. The guys down in South America, I mean, we could have our head in the sand. The guys down there could have their head in the sand. But, you know, not saying that things, you know, you know, everyone got thrown for a loop around the world. So, uh, but hey, what are you going to do? Just, you know, sit in your bunker and hide? Or are you going to do something about it? And the guys in, in, in South America, they're going to do something about it, Right. How can we better our company? How can we offer better products and services so we can uh, throttle the competition? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's interesting. My father-in-law owns a chain of restaurants in Florida. So it's just, uh, I know that they've actually, their sales have been up through COVID. Yeah. Um, so with this, specifically to the restaurants, you know, in, in that vertical, so it would be trying to re-engage the customer to order from specific brands over and over again, or kind of predicting when that you think that they may want to order again. Is that kind of, if I'm seeing, that's kind yeah, of my absolutely. understanding of it, right? Yeah, right. It's analyzing patterns. So if, uh, you know, Tizer likes um, certain type of beer, IPAs, and Jerry likes Pilsners, all right, let's target them with that, right? Or if you've like, Jerry likes spicier dishes and Tizer likes things on a mild side, you know, targeting, you know, target them with that. Not only that, but um, a lot of companies have laid off people. Mm-hmm. Now you had a full staff. Now you're half, you've laid off half your staff. How can you get things to be to operate more efficiently, right? You're not going to have the waiter or waitress upsell you stuff. But now if you have an AI driven digital menu, they can upsell you once you order something now upsell you, uh, it'll be interactive, right? So people that bought uh, the main dish, 
hey, would you like a dessert or would you like an appetizer or upsell, cross-sell cross them with a drink? So one of our clients, uh, Thai restaurant up the street, uh, so their average takeout um, menu or takeout uh, service offering is roughly around 30 bucks, give or take. You lived in Atlanta, so two dishes, 30 bucks. Yeah. But now if we can make AI-driven menu recommendations, maybe it's an extra, two extra beers, right? So now a beer is five bucks, it's 10 bucks. An, an appetizer, right, to go with the with the meal. So now you're taking that $30 up to 40, you're thinking, okay, 10% uh, or 10 bucks extra, but all that stuff adds up. Sure. And now you've, uh, no, no, the math off the top of my head, but it's over 30% you know, increase from 30 to, to 40, right? So with just little things, you know, improving the customer experience, you know, preventing customer indecision and telling them what to do next in an indirect way with the recommendations in, in front of you, it'll help. Yeah, I could, I could absolutely uh, see that working really well. Um, you know, we kind of talked about this can be used for all businesses. What are some of the next verticals that you guys would be looking to kind of tap into that maybe aren't using this type of technology? Do you have any specifically that you're trying to hit right now? That yeah, so, you know, healthcare is one uh, that we're, uh, we're looking at, just staying in front of your uh, one of your patients. So one of our other co-founders, he was a former MD, and that's something. So we're always looking not just what's in front of us, but what's beyond us right. uh, down the road. Now, and I believe you're in the um, insurance vertical. Is that correct? Yep. 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 So, Healthcare. yeah, I don't know how many, what's your customer base or how many, you know, products that your company offers. So, um, yeah, just give me a ballpark, you know, how many uh, uh, customers does your company have and how many lines of products do you have? Just give me a general number. Uh, for, I mean, I, we're, I'm a subsidiary of the holding corp. I think we've got about 13,000 um, small businesses, small to medium sized businesses on our, on our block. It would be my guess. And a product offerings right now between medical and ancillary, probably a, about 10. Okay. So now we can segment uh, amongst those 13,000 clients, what products are likely to buy for, from those 10. So now when your sales reps are, are calling or sending out an email, they're more focused. Instead of pitching everything, they're going to pitch what's that customer's likely to buy. So it's saving everyone's time, right? So the, the client, the other end, it's not, well, I don't need this. I'm not. Uh, and then your, your sales reps know what to, to pitch right off the bat. Right. Okay. That makes By sense. looking at past patterns. Yeah. Yeah. So that was one of my questions is, you know, I'm a big metrics guy. I've been in sales for a long time. That's how I manage uh, mm -hmm. effectively is always understanding the metrics. And this sounds like obviously you're going to get a ton of analytics yeah. um, with this. Is that overwhelming for business owners or how is that, how does your company go ahead and someone who's like, I don't, I'm a numbers person. I don't like to look at them. How's that kind of broke down so they can quantify it makes sense. So we make it simple and an easy to read format, but there are different types of analytics. So what most people are used to are descriptive analytics. What happened in the past Right, so we take it a step further. We take it from descriptive and we build up on top of that using predictive, what's gonna happen in the future and prescriptive analytics. So we're taking what happened in the past, analyzing everyone's patterns and predicting what's gonna happen. So we're adding a few more elements of uh, predictive and prescriptive analytics with it. So supercharging 
or putting your analytics on steroids, uh, you know, if you will. And I'm assuming that that's really going to help with uh, having a pretty tight marketing budget, right? If you start to understand predictive modeling, how much you're going to need to spend in order to drive growth. Right. And yeah, it's not always going to be perfect, but if you can get in within a plus or minus 10 to 15% over the long run, you're going to win. Yeah. So you're not, you're not wasting time and, you know, per elevator pitch, it's making your marketing precise using artificial intelligence. Yeah. Now, Jerry, I'm, I'm assuming you're a busy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Co-founder, CMO. Um, everywhere doing deals in South America. So do you have any, do you, do you have any success habits or anything that you do to make you efficient or anything that really kind of helps you stay on the course and not get distracted? Like we talked about. I think for me, the number one thing is doing something that challenges you or makes you feel comfortable, you know, outside of work. And by that, uh, and when I when I talk to potential reps or candidates, I want to know what makes them thick tick outside of work, right? Mm-hmm. You can give me the whole standard resume response. I've got all mm-hmm. years of experience, but at the end of the day, for me, what I'm going to look at is how hard you work, because I can't coach work ethic. And number two, you know, what do you do outside of work? If you tell me, you know, I drink all day and watch Netflix, then probably not a good fit for the right. team. Yeah. But um, if you tell me, well. You know, Jerry, I, I I was a couch potato, but I ran my first 5K. That awesome, right? Now you're doing something to to break out of your comfort zone. Um, you know, for me, I'm I'm 49 years old. I got my blue belt. I started jiu-jitsu in my early 40s. I got my blue belt. That's not an easy task when most of the guys you're going up against are are in their mid 20s. Yeah. Full of t- testosterone, <laughs> yeah. but I, but I did it and just doing the, doing things like that, that challenge yourself, challenge yourself either, you know, mentally or physically. If you like to read awesome. Hey, Jerry, I, I've been reading a lot on AI and what can do, what it can do. I've been reading, you know, these leadership books, right? So always constantly learning, learning and challenging yourself outside of work is yeah. what I tell people. Awesome. Um, kind of going back to, to COVID a little bit with your clients that have been using this strategy, has it helped them really stay afloat throughout the pandemic? Yeah. I mean, if you, gosh, it's been, it feels like it's been forever, but yeah, when, yeah. when the pandemic first happened, yes, there was a, I guess a slowdown for, for everyone, you know, us included, but as people began to come out of it, and people that were really smart and, and forward thinking, they're the ones that are uh, succeeding, uh, you know, right now. So I told you, um, we pulled this out of the garage, renamed it when the pandemic started. I, as a co-founder, just cold called to all these restaurants around my neighborhood. I mean, you live in Atlanta. There are a lot of them, a lot of mom and pops. Hey, I live in a neighborhood. I'm a co-founder of a software company. This is what we can do. And to your point, yeah. You know, everything is competitive these days. I'll let them know if I'm talking to someone, I said, Tizer, man, there are a lot of digital menu companies out there. But if you value being data driven and driving growth, even during these tough times, then we could be the company for you, right? So uh, our initial slew of clients, um, 
they recognize the value being data driven. Like uh, one of our clients, we went to college for a, with a computer science degree. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the guys in, in uh, South America where we inked a deal, they had engineering backgrounds. So um, it helps when you're dealing with uh, a client that's forward thinking. So if you go to standardinsights.io, it says they're in black and white. Um, are you curious about improving your company's data literacy to drive growth? And if you are, let's schedule a call. Because I want that mindset first before I, otherwise I'm just wasting my breath and wasting their time as sure. well. If you want the you know, digital menu that you upload and stop on a payment gateway, we're not the we're not the restaurant for you, but if you really value being data driven and the, in, on the cutting edge of science and technology and not sure where to go, hey, let's have a let's have a chat. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Now, a question, and this might be um, off topic, but I'm thinking selfishly. Now, do you see any benefits? So, say, like I have got 10, 10 salespeople in my office, and we put out tons of outbound phone calls every day. Do you see a point where this type of AI software, and maybe there's stuff already out there, I'm not aware of, that will integrate with CRM systems that like let a maybe a salesperson know, maybe not something that's so transactional, but kind of mm -hmm. ping them, hey, you know, this customer's looked at this product. It's kind of like a warm lead. Is that somewhere you think we're going in the future or is it already here? Yeah, it's it's already here in some form or fashion. It's called triggered marketing. Actually, that's um if you go to standardinsights.io, that's one of our um uh, bullet points but yeah trigger marketing if someone has done this so many times yeah hit them up with a text call or email so yes oh great or yeah, behave I... in a certain way if someone zigged this way and that then yeah you can uh yeah hit them up with a message not any it's just similar to what you know amazon is doing already or, or netflix or alexa but those companies are up here right now we're we're able to give those types of technologies to the uh, the everyday business person, you know, company, the mom and pops, you know, out there, if you will. And is this infiltrating again? I guess uh, I can I kind of asked this, but is this going through like Facebook, Instagram, uh, the web, or is it specifically web driven to them on that site, or is it kind of everywhere? It's basically analyzing your customer uh, data. So if you're an e-commerce site, we, we pull all the, the sales history or um, you give us a CSV file or we connect to your uh, restaurant's point of sale system. But as long as we have data of your customer's behaviors, then we can analyze and predict and recommend what's going to happen next. But at the end of the day, it's all you got to put good fuel into the car, into, into, into the engine, and that fuels data. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, it, I, you know, for me, I think that this type of uh, platform is going to be the new normal. Yeah. You know, um, I think the companies that don't gravitate towards using AI, they're going to be left behind. Mm -hmm. How how fast do you think that that's going to accelerate? And you know, do you, how do you see that hurting businesses? Well, um, it's definitely accelerated because of COVID. If you Googled, you know, digitization, I said that right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a mouthful. Doesn't matter. Okay, e-commerce, we know that. Those guys were early adopters of AI and digital commerce. But all the other companies, um, they've got to hop on board this uh, digitization train, uh, if you will, and especially with 5G 
coming around the corner, uh, permeating the the U.S. So if, um, I think there are there are three industrial revolutions, right? So number one, steam, uh, electricity, then computers back in the 1950s. Now it can be argued the fourth industrial revolution will be artificial intelligence and machine learning because we have all this data now. And yeah, what do you do with that? And data, if you know how to to use it right, can be, a, I guess, a weapon against your competitors to help you grow and then beat out your competitors. If you know what they're going to do before they do it and you act on it, chances are your company is going to do well. Yeah. You know, I think one of the big scares, obviously, for AI is it displaces people potentially, right? If I, if I can have um, a machine do it, then it lowers my cost. It can run 24-7. You know, I don't, I'm not paying health care, stuff like that. If, you, if you're talking to somebody, and it's predominantly to this audience, that's in their early to mid-20s, maybe late 20s, would you have them look at, you know, don't get a communications degree? Uh, you know, an MBA is not going to be as relevant. Would you have them steer them in a different direction as far as education to secure a job in the future? I think for me, what's important will be, you know, good communication skills, number one, along with writing skills. And number two, if they can um, – Get some type of course with regards to computer, uh, you know, computer science or, or coding. And if you can bring those, you know, paths together, um, yeah, you'll be, um, you know, you know, set for the foreseeable future. So good communication skills, right? Speaking or writing. And then even though you're not a, may, may not be a science driven guy or have that mentality, at least take a handful of courses in, in, in coding. Right. So you can get a, a base level, you know, understanding of it. Yeah. That, I don't know how to code. I wish that I did. There's lots of, there's, I have, I have like lots of ideas. Oh, I'm always like yeah. an idea guy. I'm like, man, if I could just do that. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm never too, too old to learn. Um, and how important do you think is a data literacy? I know that that's kind of one of the quotations I had written down. Uh, for you know, entrepreneur business owners nowadays, and, and being competent in that area. Yeah, I think it's uh, of utmost importance, especially in the in the day and age that we live in right now. Knowing whether it's your existing customers, their behavior patterns, or your potential customers and their behavior patterns. If you know people's patterns and you can act on it, then yeah, that, that's a, will be a winning combination. You know, we've seen it with Amazon already, right? We've seen it. We've seen it with uh, you know Netflix. And if you want to go back ten years ago, during the Great Recession, right? There was Blockbuster and Netflix. Blockbuster is nowhere to be found, and uh, and Netflix has just grown phenomenally since then. And that was mainly due to uh, adopting new technologies. Yeah, they they were definitely that Wayne Gretzky quote. You know, he, Wayne Gretzky talks about you know I never played where the puck was. I always I played where the puck was going to be. And, yeah, uh, you know that's what Netflix did and Blockbuster didn't. Yeah, and same thing that goes with all these uh, you know the technologies that are coming to the market. Right. Yeah. Great. Um, Jerry, I ask you, cause this is one of my favorite questions. Um, I'm sure you're well-read you have a book or a couple of books that you uh, frequently gift or you would recommend to anybody. Yeah, a, a couple, um, uh, Dave Goggins can't hurt me. And then, uh, 
uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, right? Two good leadership books. And then um, just basically that summarizes just, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I, uh, I've read both of them. If they, if they don't motivate you, I don't know what will, man. Just yeah. so. <laughs> I, I, I always jokingly refer to David Goggins as my spirit animal. Yeah. Yeah, he's an incredible guy, incredible story. Um, yeah. The book is powerful. Yeah, in fact, it was um, – so I'm 49. My dad passed when I was 40, and this is when Dave Goggins was coming into the uh, – uh, I, I think it was this time where I guess – a bunch of his SEAL teammates died, and then he Googled the, you know, hardest races to uh, race, right? So I didn't run 100 miles. That's way beyond. I mean, yeah, it's great to um, get out of your comfort zone. Maybe 100 miles is too much for me down in Badwater, but I said, hey, I'm 40. I can run 40 miles. Let me um, uh, start a scholarship for my dad and raise money for that. So uh -huh. um, all, all things considered. So, yeah, you got to yeah, push yourself out of your comfort zone, but I guess be reasonable about it. I wasn't going to run 100 miles, but you know what? I can run 40. So that's sure. what I did, and it was uh, he who uh, inspired me to do that. Awesome. Hey, 40 miles. I couldn't run 40 <laughs> miles. I couldn't run 40 miles today. I, I, I got about 40 minutes on the treadmill, uh, and, and, yeah. and that's my cardio. Yeah. Um, good. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, Jerry, where can people connect with you? Yeah, so they can find me on LinkedIn, Jerry Abiog, Standard Insights, or they can shoot me an email, uh, jerry at standardinsights.io, uh, or if they, they're, you know, they're a restaurant and looking for some help, they can go to our uh, site, iorder.menu, and all those places, there's a button to uh, schedule a demo and set up a conversation. Cool. And I'm, I'm assuming you guys are taking new customers. What's that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Uh, great. Well, um, Jerry, I appreciate your time. It's been enlightening learning about AI and how it's going to integrate with sales and how it can help, especially revamp businesses that are hurting right now. I think it's important for anybody who's down in revenue or looking for ways to increase revenue to look at applications like this. So I would uh, encourage you to reach out to Jerry um, because, you know, it's, it's not going to go away. It's only the, the faster you jump on the ball, the, the more it's going to help your business uh, long term. All right. Thanks, Jerry. Hey, thanks, Heiser.